We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Ian Hart on WEEI. Boston's Sports Original. 14th best athlete. That was me the other day when we were speaking to Adrian Phillips. I referred to his Wikipedia page and said that he was, instead of the 14th best athlete in Texas high school football, I called him the 14th best athlete. So, well, good job by me. You didn't even get best right, so it's... I, what did I, how did I say that again, Nick? Play that again, Nick. Beth. Beth. Athlete. Oh boy! Perfect. You nailed it. Beth athlete. Well, he wants me to play something in a pre-mixed open. <laughs> I thought you might have had the drop because you trolled me with it the other day a ton. I called him the 14th Beth athlete. Professional radio, right here. His folks. nickname. Beth. Hour number three of Fitzy and Hart, your old pals from the Six Rings post-game show and the athlete. Six Rings podcast. Talking to you today about Patriots' frustrations. The lines have been full pretty much all day long. They continue to be jammed up. We have so many different topics at hand. I almost don't know which way to go. Lawrence Guy will join us at some point during the program as well here on a Patriots Monday. I want to tidy up the socials real quick, Andy. Earlier today, I just did a little bit of a teaser, like, thanks, uh, give us a shout. We're on the radio, 10 to 2. You quote tweet it with, do Patriots fans even want the find-a-way-to-lose team to make the playoffs at this point, or would you prefer the higher draft pick? Uh, we have always want the Patriots to win, don't like that loser mentality. I'm disappointed you would post a question like this. Of course, you reply to that person, so sorry to disappoint you. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, no, he wasn't. Get off your high horse, you dink. <laughs> <laughs> Our old pal Brian Mori uh, from the Patriots Hall of Fame. Playoffs, always, never anything else. Mike Giardi replies, let's go to Mike in the car. He gets the game. <laughs> uh, Brian Goldie, I want zero leverage for Bill to keep this coaching staff. The second the season is over, he heads to go in there. Ari Gold style, wow. Uh, Mike Garofalo, not that one from the NFL Network. They're drafting in the teams, teens regardless if they make it or not. Are we really banking on Bill drafting an impact player in round one? I'll take playoffs over nothing. Andy will scoff at you. Uh, there's some emojis. And no, I love the of, double negativity there, though. It's like, I don't trust them to win a playoff game or draft, so what the hell does it matter, basically? Like, so give me playoffs anyway, because right. if nothing else, it gives me something to watch or talk about during the doldrums of the winter. I don't even care at this point, says Mike Chims. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Joyce Davis, screw picks. Why, Joyce, the language. Not a major leap anyway. You never play to lose. Never trade your integrity for the possibility of something better. Never give up. Never surrender. I will gladly read the tweet of anybody who quotes one of my favorite movies, Galaxy Quest. I always vote winning, says Kirby410. Uh, on and on and on. Wow, what a sticky tweet from you, Andy. You have riled them. There's like 500 more replies. I just asked a question. I don't know why people get all worked up. You can answer the question any way you want. I'm just posing a question. But let me pose the question to you. Sure. Fitzy the fraud one. Oh, see, you ha see, it has to come with a little pettiness. There's always got to be a little insult, especially when you're in one of these moods on one of these days. Go ahead. Can't ever be. Nice job on the show, Fitzy. Good job. Hey, thanks for being here. With what me. would you prefer? Playoffs or a higher draft pick? If I tell you you could pick in the top 10 or you can make the playoffs, which would you take? Playoffs. I'd take top 10 pick. 
how much better is the tackle or the receiver or the safety that you're going to draft in terms of impact? Generally, significantly. There's a lot of good players that go in the top 10, and we've talked a lot about it. I actually don't think this team, forget Matt Patricia, but the talent-wise, if you add an elite tackle, Rashawn Mm -hmm. Slater, where did he go to the the Chargers? Chargers, and then got injured. Right, but if you add a guy that immediately becomes, or um, Darasaw in in Minnesota, like if you add that tackle, or you add Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, whoever you want to pick, that receiver... And they do go, it's easier to find them in the top 10. And it gives you the ability to even to move up a little bit, maybe. If you're at 10 or 9 and you want to get to 5 or 6, maybe. So I would, I'm not saying I would tank. I want to make it clear. This is not a what would I do if I were the Patriots. If I'm the Patriots, I'm trying to win football games. Because right. if I can sneak into the playoffs, who knows, I win a playoff game, whatever. I'm talking about, from a fan perspective, what do you think would be best for your rooting future? Is it best for your rooting future to get your butt whooped by the Bengals, Bills, or Chiefs like you did a year ago? Do you feel good about that? Or is it best for your rooting future as a fan to potentially have a top 10 pick with Bill Belichick and Matt Groh and Eli Wolf and company? Uh, I, had on the, I had on the rundown, uh, is there any chance today, so I just would reply with this, is there any chance that the Patriots you saw in the second half? Now, I think we both agree that the Bengals taking their foot off the gas mm. and uh, bringing out a little uh, laissez-faire football, like a little too casual for their own good. Mm-hmm. So they obviously contributed to some of the decline and the Patriots' ability to climb back into that game. But is there any chance the Patriots in that second half can actually show up for a first half, if not, God forbid, play a full 60 minutes of football? 60 minutes of football, no. Why would that change now? Because they're not playing. We 60 get, minutes we, of so you're tell, So there's no way we can get a complete effort. No, a full sixty minutes from this team against a good team. You have two teams on the horizon that you've beaten what once in a windstorm in two plus years. You can't beat these teams. You can't beat you them. You can't Rock. win. Exactly. No, I, I. Your struggles against other teams, bad red zone defenses, bad third down defenses, and then you still go out and aren't good on third down, aren't good in the red zone. Like I, I just. Leopards don't change their stripes this late in the year. Yeah, it's probably, I mean, I don't want to resign myself to that, but at the same time, I mean, I get you, like, I want to push back against that because it's not the narrative that I want, and I still have my rooting interest and my, you know, the the soul of a fan and, you know, uh, the heart to want to see more good football. Obviously, it makes our life a little bit easier as well, and it's more fun that way, but I, 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 the only reason why I want to push back is just because I feel like, it's almost we're in a situation, Andy, where it's like y- you want to say like, well, the coaches need to decide that they can play like that by calling a game similar to the way they sort of like, you know, just sort of like hung them high and let them fly in the second half. But in order for that to happen, I almost feel like the coaches have to get out of the way. Right. Right. And I would also say the second half involved them giving you the game, uh, you know, like. If Jamar Chase and, and, and Burrow are on the same page, if Boyd doesn't cut off his route, and if Jamar Chase doesn't act like you know back, backyard football like D-Hop, they gave you a significant opportunity to try to dig out of that hole. Okay, and at the same time, uh, I'll point out that in some of the Patriots' greater victories of the di- double dynastic run of Brady and Belichick, mm-hmm. Super Bowl forty nine. You're kind of in the opportunity. You kind of get the opportunity to win a game because they make a head scratching call to throw it on the one yard line, as opposed to use the best goal line back in the history of the NFL and Marshawn Lynch. Yep. Uh, in Super Bowl Fifty One, you crawl back into that game. Yeah, twenty eight to three. Brady was money, gut, resilience. Um, 
Devontae Foreman whiffs, Devontae Freeman, excuse me, whiffs on a blitz from Dante Hightower, doesn't chip him. Uh, you, you uh, Kyle Shanahan calls too many pass plays. Uh, you know, there's holding on a play when there's a ridiculous catch from uh, Julio Jones, like just mistakes. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots were the ones capitalizing on them then, which they can do on occasion here as opposed to being the team that forces the issues like or, or errors. Like it, it can happen, but they just won't do it. And I don't understand why. Well, they're not that good. All right, fine. <laughs> I feel like I go. simplified that for you. <laughs> Welcome back to They're Not That Good with Fitzy and Hart. Am I wrong? Is that, or is that the name of our show? Well, that's fair, Hart, too. Yeah, Holiday fill-ins, they're not that good. <laughs> oh, I wish I didn't feel the need to laugh, but sometimes that helps me whistle past the graveyard. And the lines are full with angry Pats fans once again. There's a lot of them. <laughs> I'm just Every time we cut the head off the worm, it just regenerates, and it's even angrier. Like Tom and Hull. Nobody's got a reason to be angry in Hull today. At the same time, he's frustrated. Uh, I get you. Hi, Tom. Hey, Fitzy. What's up, buddy? Andy, how you, how doing, you buddy? doing, pal? Good. So, so bottom line is this, guys. I mean, I, I don't know why no, no one hasn't seen this. First of all, Josh McDaniels, huge loss. If he was if he was part of our coaching staff this year, we, we'd, we'd be already be in the playoffs. There's no doubt, okay? So now we lose Josh McDaniels, so we need an offensive coordinator. Why they didn't go out and grab Bill O'Brien and get him for whatever you know whatever he wanted? We'll give you the we'll give you the you know head coach uh, in, in the future. Whatever they had to do to sign him, he was Max. He was Max offensive coordinator when Mac went undefeated and won the national championship. No. Now we have Mac last year makes the Pro Bowl. Now all of a sudden he stinks. It's like you, you, it's all about the coaching and the nepotism that Bill's doing. And, and I you know Bill's trying to make up for lost time with his kids, Patricia. Should have been the defensive coordinator, and we're always saying, "Hey, we, we would have no problem with, with Patricia being the defensive coordinator." Yeah, he, st- he stunk as a Detroit head coach, but we loved him as our defensive coordinator. No one would have, have no one would have a problem with that. And then you know, Joe Judge, hey, make Joe Judge the head of the special teams, whatever, or the offensive line, whatever. We needed an offensive coordinator. When, when McDaniel's left, we were in trouble, and all Bill had to do it, it was it was it's a no brainer is go give O'Brien whatever he wants. He was Matt's coaching college, and he doesn't do that. Instead, he hangs his kid out to dry. He hangs his kid out to dry with, with two guys that don't even know what the hell they're doing calling plays, and everybody wants to throw Matt under the bus. Let me tell you right now. I'm a little disappointed with Matt. You know why I'm disappointed with Matt? Because he was acting like a baby. He finally got sick of it, and he's waving at the, at, at, at the sidelines. All that. You know, Matt, listen, you have the ability to change the play at the line of scrimmage, change the play, but he's, like, you know, he's a 23-year-old second-year a football player, so I, I can't blame him. Billy Belichick, your kids are not qualified, and you're protecting your kids, which I understand because whatever, you know, you, you, you make it up for lost time, but that, that's where the problem is, guys. We have the talent. We absolutely have the talent to, 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 to you know, we, we, we terrible coaching. We, we lost on a fumble, on a fumble on a three-yard line, and on a stupid play that should have been, that Belichick, I blame on Belichick, should have taken a knee with three seconds to go and gone into overtime. Instead, he runs our, our best running back up the middle, which was an absolute bonehead play. It's all, it's all because of, I tell you, I'm, I'm telling, I've been telling my son, and my son, my son's like, hey, Dad, we're still in the hunt. We're still in the hunt. I said, all right, come on. We, we, got, no sh- we got no shot. We're not going to beat Buffalo. But, hey, we're still going to root because we got another week to go, and, hey, it's better than being out of it. But I, I just can't believe it. Everybody's been talking about the talent. We have the talent. We don't have the coaching. And poor Bill, he's trying to get to 340. And guess what? The ghost of Don Chul is taking over. All right, guys, listen, have a happy new year. 
That's so good. I swear, Andy, Andy, uh, Andy, we, I just want to know. I, I want to ask this. There's so much to unpack there. I wrote down three or four questions of Tom's in his mini monologue that mini, I want to answer mini. and address. We could do 10 radio shows based off the fodder the callers have fed us today. Um, I actually lost my truth. There's so much. Well, no, but here's my point. Here's my question to you. Where would Patriots fans be today if we didn't have the, the giant couch, the vent line? It's awesome. Like, I love Everyone this needs passion. to blow this steam off, man. These are our people. I, I love saying, like, whether you like it or not, agree with opinions, his facts may be off, Billy O'Brien didn't coach Mac at Alabama. Like, let's not get caught up in the weeds. These are our people. If you ever wonder why you can work in sports, why you can blog things, why you can sit on the radio and talk sports, and people will pay you to do it, these are our people. I'm not saying they're always right. I'm not saying they're always smart. I'm not saying they're always entertaining. But this is the passion, the fanaticism that fuels people to work in this industry. And we are feeling the brunt of it today. I don't know if Robert Kraft is listening. I don't know if Bill Belichick is listening. But these are your people, and the people are not happy. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, you know, you say sports needs to be entertaining. Uh if the Patriots have been entertaining at times this year, it's probably at, uh, by on accident. occasion for the wrong, yeah, yeah by, by accident, accident or the wrong reason. Accidentally entertaining. I always, I always make mention because of the way my dad taught me to appreciate sports for better or worse that it is the ultimate emotional connective tissue. And I will say the Patriots have given us plenty to discuss. Usually, it's more often in text messages, uh, in and amongst each other, and on threads where colorful metaphors and salty language is used on too frequent an occasion. Sometimes even players call up and use some salty language. We Gee. get it. We feel you. We understand. It's okay. And that's why we're here for you today. I mean, you just you plan a show. You think like, all right, we'll give them a couple different things to listen to and talk about because you know it's the day after Christmas. You open up the lines, and the gates of hell are unleashed. And I tell you. I, I I love it. It's probably for some of the wrong reasons, but I love it as well. Just the same way you do, Andy, because you love the passion. You love the fact that they still care. And uh, that's the kind of community we're building. It's nice to hear, Andy, as we go to trending in a second, people still care. Oh, they care. And also on the text line, <laughs> shut this dude up, says the 508. So, <laughs> so the, fan, the fans are turning on each other as well, not just their team. <laughs> 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. More of you, more of us, more of Bill, more of the weekend. I promise maybe we'll splash in a little Celtics. You never know. But first, we trend with Nick LaPan. WEI. We are right back to Bitsy and Hart. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Just about one hour ago on the tweet machine we like to call it sometimes when we want to sound old and irrelevant. Andy, Ian Rappaport, your best buddy at Rap Sheet, or who you like to often call? Crap Sheet. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think there's a lot of Crap Sheet to this. Well, maybe you believe the NFL's opinion on the subject is a little Crap Sheet. <clears throat> Hashtag Patriots QB Mac Jones will be evaluated by the NFL for a possible fine for his low hit on Hashtag Bengals cornerback Eli Apple, but not a suspension per me and at Tom Pelissero. This will be reviewed in the normal fine timetable. Andy, I don't think that you think that's cool, bro, because I think you were a little off-put by Mac Jones's hit on Eli Apple, as well as his antics in general recently. Yeah, his antics in general, you know I'm not a big fan, whether it's you know, the slides trying to steal penalties, flailing out of bounds at the end of runs. Like, But okay, you can tell me that's you know, trying to be a smart football player and pick up yards for your team. 
this was just a dirty play to me. And I don't I think tripping is doing him a service and making it sound like he stuck his foot out. He threw his body at the knees of a trailing defender, Eli Apple. Now, what? Now, quickly, I just want to. Uh, uh, oh, oh, Brian Burns has entered the chat. We'll get to him in a second. Um, do you think this was a an overreaction to him being criticized for not doing much on the Chandler Jones play, or is this just just Mac Jones's nature? Because yeah. if Eli Apple is is trailing the play, trying to catch up to the Patriots guy who's trying to catch up to the guy who's got the ball and is streaking toward the end zone. Um, he didn't have to go about it that way. Like going for someone's knees like that, like isn't that the ultimate sign of disrespect or like considered the ultimate dirty play in the NFL? Like a guy yeah. will always say, like, don't come after my legs. That's my livelihood. This was Grayson Allen esque. This is the guy I think lo- loses his mind. Wow. In the heat of- eh, he was close. He was nearby. He was at the garden yesterday. Um, you know, a lot of people actually have referred to Mac Jones. No joke, Andy. If you if you type in Grayson Allen, Mac Jones, there are tons of tweets comparing the two and i think this solidifies that as an apt comparison there is no logic first of all this play is not legal anywhere on a field except the line of scrimmage that's where you can cut block nowhere else they've banned the cut blocks out in space they've banned dbs going low on offensive linemen on those pole blocks and screens like as the as we've moved into the head era we've also extended the protections more and more to the knees so this is not allowed i also think it makes it worse that it's a quarterback a guy who does his job in a cocoon of protection from the league in the pocket where you're not allowed to touch him in the head, touch him in the knee, hit him late, hit him this, uh-huh. hit him that, to be out there out front and meaningless, absolutely meaningless. They're behind the play. Nothing's happening. Now, it's also a nothing play in the end, which makes it even worse. Thankfully, Eli Apple Ooh, was not right. injured because this could have been an injury on a play that didn't really exist once they go to review and it's just an incomplete pass. This is when Mac t- used his left hand to try to throw the ball because yeah. he's getting sacked. He ran into the pressure and in trying to make a forward pass, you and I, when we were watching live, believed he actually did fumble the ball. But because yeah. there was just the slightest bit of forward motion, they called right. it an incompletion. Imagine if Eli Apple, uh, an important cornerback for the Bengals because they already lost their top cornerback to a season ending uh, injury earlier this season. Imagine if they lost a corner on a meaningless play like that. Like right. that would be beyond infuriating. So don't uh, I don't know that there's any argument that this isn't a dirty play. This is absolutely a dirty play. Mac, I think, just needs to say, yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking. It was dumb. I'd like to think I'll never do that again. It was selfish. Because in recent years, even officials, the head of officials have asked players, if you don't need to do something, don't do it. Look out for each other. You're all a fraternity, a brotherhood. This game is as violent and 100% injury rate level enough without people doing things like Mac Jones did. And again, the fact that he's a protected class, quarterbacks are a protected class, that then can go out and do this to somebody, to me it's just despicable. I think suspension should have been on the table. I think suspension should have been a consideration here for that type of play because I would argue there is no place in football for that play that you saw. Happy hunting. Wow, so uh, imagine, no, then the uh, Zappy Hour crowd would have gotten exactly what they would have wanted because Mac Jones wouldn't have been available. Right, and I actually got some responses on Twitter saying as much. If he's suspended, then Zappy can play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! But gosh. do you disagree? Like, do you think that's no, a cool no, play that's a on dirty any play. level? That's, I hate to say it, Mac Jones is starting to now earn the reputation of being, like, you he's, can say dirty player, cheap shot artist, however you want to frame it. Like, it wasn't necessary. And actually, I'll be very curious if during the afternoon show, which I believe is Christian Arcan and Mark Dondero, how this will be addressed and what Mac will say, because he'll probably be given an opportunity by either one of those two fellas to address this, don't you think? 
Yeah, and I would hope that he would at least apologize, say I lost my mind, it was stupid, and, I, and it'll never happen again. But I'm not so sure he will address it that way. We'll see. Bad reputation. I'll give him the opportunity. Not. Yeah, it would he's be a, nice to have an apology. He's earned the reputation. He's absolutely earned the reputation that he's now getting two years into his NFL career. Because I'm sorry, there's too many of these. There's just too many of them. You're sliding into the Bears guy, cleats high, Ty Cobb style, try to take out his cookies. Like, Ooh, there's too many oh, of these. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I the list. about that one. Jeez. The Grayson Allen list is growing for Mac Jones. There is no question. But this is, in my opinion, by far the worst of his, his uh, missteps. David in the car, disappointed with his Patriots, wondering what the plan is. David, what's happening? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for taking the call. You know, it is disappointed because, I, I mean, you know what, guys? I think the Patriots are done. Uh, any hope of them making the playoffs, anybody who's thinking that, you're not really being a realist. You're not being realistic because them losing the last two games, that was key for them to win because of Miami loss yesterday. That would put them in a whole different spot. But now that the fact that they did not, you know, it changes everything. And everybody keeps blaming Mac. And, and you know what, guys? I don't take some of the blame away from Mac, but stupid plays like fumbling the ball. I mean, this is something Belichick used to preach over and over. Protect the ball. Make sure. I mean, you're inside the five-yard line and you're being careless, so to speak. You're not doing anything extra to protect that ball. And somebody like Stevens, to do that, it's just stupidity. It's like the play the week before. That stupid play, whoever designed that, whoever decided to do that, to tell these guys to, to play like little league-style football, you know, running back. That it, I just find it that something needs to be done. And one of the things I wanted to say, you guys, say, I don't know if Bob Kraft is listening to the show. I'll say this to you guys. He doesn't listen to the show, but I know this for a fact. He has people out here that listen to the show to see what the fans are saying, and they report back. That is a fact. I know people that do that for this organization. So so that there is – it's being heard, what, what the people are saying, their concerns, you know, and, and what are they going to do about it, what's the plan. And, and none of that seems to be presented. And how can that be okay? What, because the Belichick's got six rings? Yep. The pass is the pass. You know, we can't – I mean, yeah, when I was 20, when I was 30, I had a six-pack. I was in the best shape of my life. I don't have a six-pack anymore, guys, you know. Yeah. It's just how it is. The past was great, and we dwell on it. And this is, I think, that what I find in New England. You know, this is like before Danny Ainge was let go. We dwell at all. Oh, Danny Ainge did this. This is the problem with New England fans. They dwell on the past so much, so much, instead of focusing on the present and what can we do better? What is the plan going forward for the future? If we need to suck three years to rebuild this team, then let's do that. But something needs to be done, and I think it starts with Belichick. I'm sorry, but it starts with him. Thank you very much for the call, David. I appreciate it. Yes, we do trade one six-pack for another in this life. I think Andy and I can both yep. sadly relate to that one as well. Andy, we do have a rich history here in New England, whether it was us landing, well, you know, New England starting the colonies, New England basically giving uh, the rest of the country the keys to this great nation and or six rings now in Foxborough over the last 23 years, uh, 22 years, rather. Um, do we need to uh, do like Kylo Ren said in uh, in the, the latest Star Wars movie and just forget the past, kill it if you have to? Yeah, Belichick would. Like I, I continue to say that. Isn't that the easiest well, way? If, that, if that's what he says, then why doesn't he listen to his own advice? Oh, therein lies the hypocrisy and inconsistency of one William Belichick. That's the beauty of him. He has rules that apply to all, but not all, totally. And I'm being dead serious. 
Like, right. is there anybody that can argue against the idea that Belichick, if he were evaluating Belichick right now, would be mm-hmm. ready to pull the plug? Like the, what have you done for me lately? I'm paying you for what you do in the future, not the past. Can't live in the past. Like, those are all very Belichickian football tenets, except right now he's not being held to that standard, and the person that would obviously hold him to that standard is the Kraft family, Robert and Jonathan Kraft. I'm not saying it's an easy decision. I'm not like, we're playing radio. That's not the same as saying, Bill Belichick, you got to go, right? Like, and, and I almost wonder, callers have brought up the idea, you've brought up the idea, if Bill is sticking with Patricia this winter, that Whoa. that could be the impetus for some change or for Robert to step in. Do you almost want that if you're Robert? Like, do you want him to push you to where you have to do something to make it easier? Because it's not. He's. We've been down the road once with a legendary Goat B. His name was Brady. It didn't work out all that great for the organization moving on from him. Are you afraid to go down the legendary Goat B road again with Belichick and worry what that... Because he could be... Go, he could be... In L.A., coaching the Chargers to the Super Bowl. That's the example I'd give. That's the Brady. He just goes to L.A. He goes, wait a minute. They have a quarterback and a defense and receivers and a running back and a great left tackle? Yeah, I'll go coach the Chargers, beat Shula, get another Super Bowl, and stick it to the Patriots. That could happen. Do you want to get it stuck to you twice? That's scary. It is, what, right? Like, I mean... It's one thing for us to say on the radio. So, is, wait, Robert Kraft is holding on to Bill Belichick because it, interest, this is a very, very interesting hypothesis. Mm. We can't make it. We can't take it from hypothesis to theory just yet because we're not sure if it's true. But what you're saying, wow, this is very interesting. Good job. We worked our way to this one. It only took us uh, two hours and thirty five minutes. Good job. We, we warm up a little bit. It's cold we, out. We don't. It takes a while right. to warm it's up. The day after Christmas. We're like on. the Patriots. <laughs> we suck. Yeah, in the we're first great half. in the fourth quarter. <laughs> We hit our stride when the game's over. (laughs) This is fascinating. That Robert Kraft, you know, like part of you is just like, go ahead, I triple dog dare you to, you know, hold on to Patricia again. Would Robert Kraft hold on to Bill Belichick, who we we both believe still knows as much as anyone else and is a great in-game coach, right guy in a lot of ways to guide the team, but obviously there are now some warts and issues that are being shown. Would Robert Kraft and the organization hold on to Bill Belichick basically out of a reactive fear based on what happened with letting Brady go? Wow. Do you think that's ridiculous? What? Do you think that's ridiculous? No, I don't. Like, no, actually, I don't. That's why I I wanted to rephrase it and make sure that I sort of put that out there because you're not, in a lot of ways, I don't think you're wrong. And and I picked the Chargers. I don't know if that would be his choice, if there's other teams he would pick. But You could probably kick Staley out of bed real quick. For oh, Belichick. my God. And they, they are tailor-made to win. They need direction. Just like Tampa was tailor-made Absolutely. for Tom. And just like you'll be watching it from afar in New England being like, I know I thought it would be okay, but this is not in any way okay. I just want Why to Why are we cry. the ones that are made to suffer? At least Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan left together. Okay, wait a minute. Made to suffer? Have you been awake for the last 20 years? You spoiled little, you know what? <laughs> Suffer my ass. Even right now, you're not suffering. You're the freaking eight seed on the cusp of a playoff berth. I know, and it's entertaining, and we've got lots you're to talk about. Our job is easier. Our job is easier because of Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia in a lot of ways, so I guess I should thank them at the same time that I yep. recoil at watching. Yeah, we're the only jobs that M- Matt Patricia makes easier. He screws <laughs> everybody else, but our jobs he actually makes easier. 
Uh, listen to Fitzy and Hart middays here on WEEI. If you miss any of it, you can always go back and listen on WEEI.com. You can get the midday podcast as well as use the Odyssey app and use the Rewind feature at any time. First couple hours of the show are always entertaining, but once we get to the fourth quarter of the program, just like the <laughs> Patriots, as Andy pointed out, that's when we warm up. I did want to get to uh, earlier, speaking of things you can go back and listen to, Bill Belichick was on the Greg Hill Morning Show uh, without Greg Hill, without Courtney, without Chris Curtis. It was just shime time. And Wigman, and uh, there was one interesting thing he talked about. Um, he addressed the idea of Mac Jones having success throwing the ball downfield against the Bengals, which is something we've been begging for them to do for a long time, and they did, and that's when the offense woke up and they got back in the game. Belichick uh, spoke to that and a couple of other things. Nick, if you could give us uh, that first cut, please. Is there something in particular you saw from Mac this week that allowed him to really have that success attacking down the field? Well, again, a lot of that. Uh, just you know, plays into the the play and how it's covered and what the matchups are and so forth. So, and when those opportunities come up, um, you know that's that's what he wants to do, and that's certainly what we want to do. Um, when that's taken away and those opportunities aren't as good, we don't want to you know just throw it down there into into heavy coverage. And I don't, I don't think that's really the answer. So, you know, then you kind of try to work to where you feel like the defense is weaker and take advantage of that. So. Um, some of those plays are dictated by by what happens on the other side of the ball. Not not every one of them, but but some of them certainly are. So when we get those opportunities, we we'll try to take advantage of them. Andy, your thoughts? Uh, the that's what he wants to do. That's what we want to do. Is very interesting because Mac made it clear a couple of weeks ago, screaming on the field that that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to. The shorts not working. Was it a fan of the quick game? That's certainly what we want to do. And now I will say. Remember, you started the year throwing the ball down the field, and mm-hmm. it wasn't working either. It was turnovers, and it was not successful offense that way either. So this offense has failed in many ways over the course of the season. But for Bill to say that's what he wants to do, I would just indicate there, isn't that, doesn't that feel like a guy who is not an enemy of the quarterback? To, to steal um, Tom Curran's phrase where he said the quarterback could be making an enemy of the head coach. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants to do. That's what we want to do. The way he said that, the delivery, the tone, feels like they are kind of on the same page, trying to figure this out, what we're good at, what you want to do, Mac, what we can succeed with in situational football. So, if anything, I took that as a positive. I took that as a positive right there, that he's acknowledging what the quarterback wants to do, and we want to do what the quarterback wants to do. How come they're not able to do it? Because they're not that good. Oh. Yeah, I told you that last segment when you asked a question. <laughs> they're not you told that me that in the first hour and the second hour. I'll have to go back and listen on the Odyssey app. And they're not that sure good. That I hammer that home <laughs> before we get to tomorrow's show because I do not want to be a New England Patriot of radio host midday on sports radio and become an error repeater. One more cut that I found interesting, um, which uh, calls back. It harkens to something that we bang the drum about all season long, and especially here in the first hour of 15 Heart. Kendrick Bourne getting more involved. Hey, look, when we drove the ball downfield, we used the guy that we haven't been using that everyone's been calling for the use of. How come he hasn't been getting the ball more? Nick, if you could play that, please. Well, everybody's involved in the passing game. It's the question of um, you know, what the coverage is and what the quarterback sees and you know, how, the, how, that, how the particular pattern that we have called plays out. So everybody's got to be ready to go and, and take advantage of their opportunities when they come. Okay, um, uh, my follow-up would be, 
So a lot of all the receivers and tight ends, you know, like the ones that run into each other because the play's so poorly designed and it takes out your top tight end. Uh, yeah, they, they they're involved in the passing game at least until they're on the sideline or in the little blue tent uh, or on the injury report. And to that, I would say, okay, coach. But when you're playing the Raiders, who have a bottom third secondary in the NFL, and Tyquan Thornton, who can't hold on to a deep ball that Mac puts right on his hands in a big game like the Bengals game. He's out there for 90% of the snaps, and he's not the playmaker or the blocker that Kendrick Bourne is. And Kendrick Bourne was on the field for only 11% of the snaps against the Raiders. Why was that? Doesn't that feel like um, mm-hmm. investing in the future? Like kind of packing it in on the season be like, go to the young guy. He, we drafted this kid <sighs> in the second round. Do that when round. you're 4-12. and 12. Well, they feel like they're 4-12 and 12, even though they're 7-8. and eight. But they should be 9-5. and five. That's a lot of numbers you're throwing at me. They are what their record says they are. Seven and eight. A mediocre, borderline playoff team, much like we all predicted. I'm going to keep saying this till the day I die. We nailed, as a, as a, a big we, the universal we, mm-hmm. oh, Patricia's not going to work. This offense is going to be terrible. You're a mediocre team, though. You'll probably be around 500 because you'll win some games against some crappy teams on this schedule. Right. But then you probably won't be able to hang with the good teams on your schedule. Oh, by the way, you should do that. Uh, Kendrick Bourne should be more involved. I know you don't like him, but he's the best you got. You should probably get him the football. Could we have been more right as a collective we analyzing this football team? We said, hey, you should probably get Marcus Jones on offense because Marcus Jones, he's good with the ball in his hands, and you don't have enough playmakers on offense. Why don't you get Marcus Jones on? Oh, what happened when you got Marcus Jones on offense? Oh, he went 48 yards for a touchdown. The collective we has kicked ass and taken names in analyzing this team this year. Uh, N- Producer Nicola Pan, could you do me a favor and speak to Traffic and Sales and see if they can get us a chiropractor sponsor for this patting ourselves on the back portion of the program? Damn right, I'm flexible. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. More of your calls, more Patriot complaints. The fan therapy is here for you. The day after Christmas, Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Boston Sports Original. Football games when we were young. You sit there in your heartache, waiting on some beautiful ah, Always a good rejoin. One of Andy's favorite bands. But the Patriots were the killers. Because <laughs> they're killing us inside. No, but they're not actually because they're making that's the problem they're making our lives easier in terms of our professional responsibilities it's our personal feelings that they're torturing and or having at uh, toying with emotionally speaking that's the fr- one of the eight million frustrating ways that you can look at this roster this lineup this team this season etc and andy i want to pose these two calls these are the two perfect calls oh to put out there right now because we've got the get rid of them i want turnover get them out of here versus okay what do you want to have done with them or where do you think the organization should go? So we'll start with, uh, Paul, you hang on for one second. I need to get to Bob, who's out in Wormtown. Bob in Worcester, you're up here on Fitzy and Hart. Hey, guys. Um, first, I have a message from Robert Kraft. You don't owe Belichick this record. First of all, I think that this is a lame record. Hallis accumulated his wins during 12-game seasons, Shula during 14-game seasons with less playoffs. I think Andy said it best earlier. Belichick would have fired Belichick by now. I think it's time to truly blow this up. It's no, it doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator is. This thing is just badly broken. And I hope the Crafts, you know, Robert Kraft sees to it. It's just time to blow it up. Um, I mean, Bill is mismanaging assets. 
what I mean by that is bad drafts, mostly bad free agents. I mean, Judon was good, but Hunter Henry, Donu Smith, the money they spent on them. And this, you know, Belichick's legacy is tremendous. Let's not ruin it. Let's not be Willie Mays with the Mets. You know, Bill once had the touch with bringing in players. You know, Rodney Harrison, Randy Moss, Corey Dillon. He had the touch of bringing in coaches. Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, Josh McDaniels. And it used to be players who want to come here. Um, Junior Seau, granted he wasn't what he once was. He wanted to come here. Other guys wanted to come here. Um, it happens to all these great, you know, Shula lost his touch. The Dolphins recognized it. Tom Landry truly had lost his touch. Jerry Jones at least had the guts to blow it up and start over. Again, you don't, you don't owe him this record. Um, I'm just kind of thinking now, you know, Bob Kraft is just enjoying his celebrity. He's got the six banners up there. I don't think he's hungry either. And, again, just tinkering with the team, the offensive coordinator, this and that. Again, my opinion, blow it up and start over. You need younger blood in there. You watch all these teams with these young coaches. You know, that's where I think they need to go. All right, Bob, thanks for the call, call, Bob. And I want to go immediately to Paul in Quincy with the counterpoint or counter question to Bob in Worcester's point. Hi, Paul. Hi, how you doing? Fire the Belichick and replace him with who? Sean Payton's not coming unless you give him a lot of money. Now, Mike Vrabel might be out in Tennessee because Jacksonville took control of that division yesterday. You bring in Byron Leftwich. Before people say fire the Belichick, what's the replacement? Because coaches like throwing dots at a dartboard. You bring somebody in here, you don't know how successful they're going to be. As for the, the team, I want them to win, but let's be honest. If they're the seventh seed, go to Kansas City and Buffalo, they're going to get killed. You know, so I don't know how I feel about that. One thing I am impressed with, though, is the last two weeks in the second half, they've come from behind. They didn't win the games. You know, when you look at this, Minnesota, the Raiders, and the game last week were winnable if it were not the mistakes on the field at the end of the game. So they've got to stop the mistakes. You know, that, that's, that's what happened. This team isn't very good. But they're not as bad, I think, as people think they are. They're really not. Hmm. Get an offensive coordinator in here, and I think they'll be okay. Thank you very much for the Paul call. For the Paul call. Okay, first first word slip, Andy. It took me three hours. Did I it? Apologize. Did it? Yeah, it did. You've been perfect since then. Uh, are they better or worse than their record? They are what their record says they are. Yeah, but if you had to pick one, if I made you put them in a category, if we just okay. broke down like 32 NFL teams and everybody has to either be better than their record or worse than their record, would you say they're better or worse than their record? They're better than their record. Yeah, I'd say worse. I think they've oh, played some okay. putrid That's why, that's why they put us on the show, so we can right. have different, different... If the other team doesn't give them the game, they don't win the game. And and I think they, you know, we, we can talk about they were close to winning... The last couple of weeks, I'm not sure they put themselves in position to win. I think the other team gave them the opportunity to win the game. Certainly the Raiders, that's what they do. The Raiders have built a season on blowing leads and giving other teams chances to beat them late in games. Um, we should also uh, note that uh, breaking news out of Denver, Nathaniel Hackett is out as Broncos head coach. 4-11 no! first season. He's no longer the Broncos head coach. So it can go really bad. He seems like a nice fellow. And, you know, he was, you know, a key figure in the Green Bay offense, and everybody said he was the perfect hire and this was going to be great. Uh, he is out. So the caller's idea that, you know, if you get rid of Bill, you have to hire somebody, you could be in that position. You could hire somebody to be the next head coach of the New England Patriots and regret it immediately three weeks, four weeks, two months into a season and be firing him and starting a uh, turnstile at your head coaching position. So that is certainly a consideration. Mike Vrabel, I'd take in a heartbeat. If Mike Vrabel's out in Tennessee, I would take Mike Vrabel in a heartbeat.
Okay. Wow. That's a, a he's not. A, by the way. I, I, no one saw the Nathaniel Hackett dismissal coming. Well, except everyone. <laughs> you lose on Christmas Day no, to a Baker 50. Mayfield led Rams team that has packed it in after their Super Bowl because yes. they blank them picks. And the guy's been there for two weeks by 37 points. And your vaunted defense, which was yelling at the quarterback all season long, is like, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm saving my body. That team is an absolute disaster. And they're going to be a disaster for years because they owe Russell Wilson a quarter of a zillion dollars to be no. the worst quarterback in the AFC. It's a quarter of a billion don't be ridiculous and put the Z in there. It's just a quarter of a billion dollars oh, they owe him. Just a quarter of a billion. And they only shipped multiple first round picks to get him. That is, he's, Nathaniel Hackett seems like a nice fellow. I feel bad when I'm, he seems like he's going to join the list of Rich Kotite and others as the worst coaches in NFL history. This season could not have gone worse under his tutelage. He he no. took a Hall of Fame quarterback and couldn't get him productive. He couldn't make decisions to the point where they were openly early in the year. Remember they hired that like consultant to help him with his in-game decision making. And he's an offensive play caller and yeah. just came from the Green Bay Packers and he had well, to hire a consultant to validate his decisions. But the problem is he wasn't an offensive play caller in Green Bay. <laughs> Like, he's the opposite of Mike McDaniel, who comes from Kyle Shanahan, and you're like, wow, this guy's really good because he was ready for the job. Took Nathaniel Hackett was under the tutelage of Lafleur. He didn't call the plays, and we think of him as this offensive mind. Hell, wasn't, wasn't uh, Aaron Rodgers all ticked off? Wasn't Aaron Rodgers like, this is the greatest coach in the world, I want my coach for, for him? And, and, well, you can have him now. He's available to consult for your uh, late-season run toward the postseason here. Yeah, you can bring him. You can bring him back home and make a a, a Ron very happy. Yeah, although he should, well, yeah. no, he's never because that, I'll tell you what. Whoever calls the plays in Green Bay yesterday was doing a terrible job. Just like Nathaniel Hackett deciding to go for a sixty-four yard field goal in the opener against Geno Smith and the Seahawks to try to win a game that they were favored by almost double-digit points in was an awful decision yesterday. Lafleur or whoever's calling plays in Green Bay, that decision on third and five when you have a chance to get a touchdown in ice Miami as Tua had thrown two interceptions in a row. Spoiler alert, it turned out to be three on three consecutive drives. That decision to run Dylan on third and five was awful. Yeah, he I mean, he's still it's the Jones, play caller. He's um he's had a lot of success and you know, it's one of those things where you take away Devontae Adams and make this big decision, even though you and by the way, Aaron Rodgers is also not as good. He has taken a step back. I don't know if it's the thumb, how much of it is physical, age, whatever it is. He makes throws that he never made in the past like head he scratching makes some plays. throws where it's still like damn guy can spin it well yeah he's not terrible he's not without talent but he didn't used to make mistakes he didn't turn the ball over he would never make throws where you're like oh he got away with that one now he does it with regularity whether it's turnovers or just get away with that one kind of throws um but yeah nathaniel hackett out so would you want him to replace bill belichick would you want him to replace matt patricia no then the patriots this year. So, no, I would not want him. There's plenty of candidates, though. I would I retort the caller. Yes, Mike Frabel would be a palatable candidate for me to be the head coach of the Patriots. Gerard Mayo might be a palatable candidate to be the head coach of the Patriots. I don't know exactly how they feel about him inside the building. But if you're looking for a head coach, certainly other teams are interested in him. You said Sean Payton earlier in the show. Would you take the Sean Payton experience? I think he's a little overrated, but mm -hmm. I'd give him a shot. I'd give him a shot with my young quarterback. Because I like the idea of putting an offensive coach with my quarterback, especially one who has success with this type of quarterback. Undersized, weak-armed, pocket passer. Like, okay, he can do it with Drew Brees. Let's see if he can do it with Max. So there's candidates out there. Let's not pretend there's no candidates on the market to replace Bill Belichick. Now, 
Would you want to replace Bill Belichick if you were a coach? That's a separate decision as well. Behind closed doors, I'm sure Bill Belichick would tell you that Mike Vrabel would be a more than competent choice and an able-bodied replacement for him. Would he ever come out and say, like, you know what, guys, I'm probably done here. Let's go ahead and get Vrabes in the building. But if losing in the playoffs the way they did last year and now having a big lead in the AFC South only to have to dismiss his general manager in season and then ultimately miss the playoffs, because I do think Jacksonville is going to win that AFC South, would that potentially put Mike Vrabel on the chopping block? And would Robert Kraft consider going with the younger alternative, the one who's had a lot of success against Belichick? That would be wild, Andy Hart. It would also be the guy he traded away when he was making uh, business-related NFLPA comments about Patriot Place and the players you know, not getting their share. His better playing days were kind of behind him at that point. He was also an add-on to oh, the wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You get Patriots get rid of people whose better days are behind them? Oh, interesting take. Interesting take. Mm, interesting take coach. indeed. We got that. We got Billy O'Brien. I do want to bring up the coaching thing as well a little bit further because I think the other night on Thursday Night Football, we saw what happens when you do give a promising young quarterback a competent play caller. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are surging toward a possible playoff berth, are proof positive that if you give your young quarterback the right kind of coaching and the positive growth-oriented infrastructure, they can make successful strides 617-779-7937 is the number hour number four the final hour of fitzy and hart coming at you before arcand and dondero here on the day after christmas on weei we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.